You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, February the 5th, the end of what has been a wild and tumultuous week in the precious metals. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. Eric is still on the sidelines this week, so coming back for a return appearance is Chris Vermeulen of the TechnicalTraders.com. Chris, a good friend of SprottMoney.com, and it's great to have him sitting in. Chris, thank you so much for taking some time. Hey, anytime, Craig. Hey, and I thought it'd be fun to have Chris back because uh, some of you have seen, but many have not, that we've begun a new feature here at Sprott Money News. Uh, it is going to be a monthly check-in with Chris that we're going to do on video so that you can actually see some of the charts that Chris is looking at, and he can tell you uh, what looks good and what doesn't look so good to his eye. You might even learn a little something about uh, TA, uh, technical analysis, if you follow this every month. The first edition was just recorded earlier this week, and it too is posted to the SprottMoney.com website. So please go there and check it out. We recorded that just a couple of days ago. Uh, make sure you uh, maybe give yourself a reminder that it'll be coming up once a month, usually in the first week of the month, and you can like whatever channel you see that on. Uh, and maybe subscribe to that channel. You make sure you'll get a reminder every time something new is posted from SprottMoney.com. Anyway, Chris, I want to uh, kick things off today, which is kind of a recap of the week. But I should probably start by pointing out for anybody that didn't see two big headlines today that are big macro drivers for the precious metals. We got to figure eventually that'll ripple their way into price. That is another very disappointing U.S. jobs report with only 49,000 jobs allegedly added in the month of January. Uh, these are the lingering impacts of the COVID crisis and all the lockdowns. Uh, the economic impact has been devastating, probably still at least 10 million people out of work versus where we stood a year ago at this time. That is prompting more stimulus talk out of Washington, D.C. and the first stages of President Biden's new stimulus and infrastructure plan uh, looks to have kind of jumped a hurdle in in the Senate and is moving forward. That is another $1.9 trillion of deficit spending that the U.S. is planning to employ. Those money's got to come from somewhere. Of course, that devalues the dollar and, and makes your precious metals look more valuable. And that's all part of the macro forecast for this year. But between uh, now and the point when those, we'll call them the fun burmentals, kick in, uh, you never know which way the markets are going to trade. But in figuring that out, Chris Vermeulen is a great uh, source of wisdom and guidance. And again, his site is thetechnicaltraders.com. Chris, I wanted to start with kind of a broad subject today. I just mentioned this pending stimulus and uh, infrastructure plan that is very likely coming in anticipation of that commodities in general, uh, the base metals, copper, zinc, uh, nickel, you name it, uh, even crude oil, they've all been uh, rallying hard over the last oh, couple of months. Just wondering what you think of commodities in general, because so many people look at gold, but, but primarily silver as a commodity too. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there's definitely some big trends in the overall commodity market. And I actually did a I talked about this several months ago, talking about a super cycle in the commodity market that looked to be putting in a pretty major bottom. We could start this massive, you know, eight to 16 year cycle to the upside in commodities. Uh, when you look way back in time, you know, 2000 was the last kind of major low in the commodity cycle in terms of 
Uh, money was all piling into stocks and real estate in 2000, and commodities were the lowest valued kind of asset. And we're back at that scenario where everyone's piling into stocks and uh, real estate. Commodities have been in this massive downtrend, especially really since the, the 2011 top. We've seen commodities as a whole really just kind of continue to work themselves lower. And I think there's a lot of upside potential for commodities uh, going forward. But there's some interesting price action going on. Now, we saw when you look at the commodity sector, you can look at it through an ETF, the symbols DBC. And it gives you a good idea of what the, the overall basket of commodities are doing. It looks like commodities are putting in a major bottom or have put in a major bottom. Uh, but they're still in a basing formation. They haven't really fully broken out yet. And if you look at DBC, we still need to break the, around the $18 or $19 mark. And when that index ETF breaks that level, I think that's when we're going to see commodities, probably precious metals, really start to explode to the upside uh, going forward. Now, we saw a low in 2016 in this index. It rallied up, and then it pulled back in 2017. And using technical analysis, Fibonacci extensions, when you measure that forward, where is that upside move? It comes to around that $18, $19 level. Now, we've seen the market correct from there, and we've got now a new low in 2020, and we had a rally in mid-2020, and now we've had the, the continuation, 100% measured move from the lows last year. And so just yesterday, on Thursday, we hit this level where it's 100% measured move. It's resistance from 2019, really going all the way back to 2015, and so this is a pretty re big resistance level. We could see commodities still struggle here for a little bit, but when it starts to break this level on DBC, the $16 level, and then it breaks that $18 level, I think we're going to see the commodity market really explode. And we're going to see a shift in invest investor sentiment. It could be out of stocks. It could be more or less out of real estate, and it's going to become more of a commodity-based rally. So there's going to be this massive shift happening. When? We don't know. It could take this year. It could be two years out. These major cycles take a long time to unfold. But um, I think the commodities market is, is in the late, late stages of abasing and very close to breaking up. And a rising tide lifts all boats, as they say. You know, you look at that chart of silver and you see how it's done so far this year. You know, and it's been interesting, Chris. It's as if there is a uh, silver is kind of caught in between, right? I mean, you and I and many other people see it as a monetary metal, not just an industrial metal. But most folks see it as a commodity and industrial metal. And so it's been rallying in that industrial component, but it's also been kind of restrained as a monetary component. Yeah. Um, could yeah. silver continue to kind of lead the way for gold in a general commodity rally? Uh, I, I think it will. I mean, we, we typically see silver really overshoot and, and outperform gold whenever there's a big rally. Obviously, we've got the Reddit group adding a, a lot more upside pressure, a lot of people piling in, buying physical metals and holding them, which is great. Um, and then silver really, really just started a bull market, you know, mid last year. So it's, <clears throat> excuse me, in the infancy stage, I think of exploding to the upside uh, going further. And I think there's a lot more focus on silver now, just all because of Reddit. It's definitely going to bring in a new group of people to buy physical. But I think there's going to be a big delay in terms of price taking off. When when you look at how kind of the Reddit group moved GME and AMC, those are stocks. And people can pile into those instantly and drive prices up. Whereas when you go to the metals, there's a little bit of a difference because now it's people that who typically just trade stocks. Now they need to go and 
call someone, find somewhere to buy gold, which would be sprout money or silver. And, uh, and then when the futures contract for silver comes up for expiry, there's going to be a lot of physical delivery, which is going to probably create this massive pop in metals. But you've got to wait for that physical delivery date, I think, for all this paper silver to turn into real um, uh, metal, right? So I think there's going to be a big delay, but I'm really excited to see where silver ends up going with this new, this renewed energy and focus and attention that silver's got. I mean, obviously, the inflows to these silver ETFs, I mean, somebody mentioned it the other day. I can't remember the numbers, but it was staggering. It was like... 10 times bigger than it's ever seen before uh, into these uh, the silver ETF or something. Uh, Just insane. So 110, 110 million ounces allegedly went into the SLV in three days. Right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So where is this all going to come from? Because supposedly they're supposed to be carrying that, right? Right. Uh, in their vaults. Exactly. And we, I mean, that's going to be almost impossible to get. If, if the general people can't even buy a simple <laughs> bar, how's, how are you supposed to get all that. Right. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, a lot of folks on my site too, were talking about the PSLV, the old Sprott physical silver ETF being a much more better alternative because you know for sure that they own every bar and it's all allocated um, where uh, I, you know, it just seems a logistical impossibility that you could uh, move around, take delivery, book in 110 million. I mean, that's uh, more there, than ten per, uh, What is that? Ten percent or more of global mine supply? Twelve percent? I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, SLV. I mean, it's it's just it's too big. Not it's too big to manage. You're going to have to fudge numbers to keep up. I yeah. mean, that's the way I see it. I yeah. mean, it's better to be a small guy, a smaller player, and 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 actually be like authentic and real and have it all tracked versus yep. throwing a bunch of paper IOUs around saying, I ah, will cover it later. Hopefully people sell. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, Chris, in our time remaining, let's just talk about gold and silver specifically, because it's been such a volatile week. And, and I want to pick your brain a little bit about how you, you know, some of this noise, it happened, right? Price shot up, came collapsing down in silver. How does that impact how you look at the charts longer term? And I and I want to give you one more thing to think about before you answer that. Um, I just I always find chart oddities and timing to be of interest. Uh, here's one for you that uh, that may have that you may not have noticed. It, you know, silver has been leading gold like we've been talking about even this year. Year to date, it's up where gold's down maybe a hundred dollars year to date. Um, silver from the peak in August came down and bottomed at really solid support near 22 on September 24th, rallied into November and then fell back down and double bottomed almost precisely on November 30th at 22 and has been rallying yep. pretty steadily since. Gold, which has been following silver, came down in the washout on November 30th and bottomed intraday at 1771, spent about three days finding support at 1780. Back on silver, that between those two double bottom dates was 46 trading days. And gold now, again, following silver from November 30th to today, with gold trying to double bottom maybe yesterday. Today is day 46. How about that? Yeah, it's, it seems like a cycle. It does. <laughs> yeah, which, which is what I follow. I, I like to look at cycles. And believe it or not, that uh, 34 to 40, 42 trading days is a pretty common cycle. It's actually... Uh, I find it a lot in the stock market. So the, the stock market's got a lot of cycles. There's people putting like getting their weekly paychecks that put in a portion into their stock shares yeah. or whatever they deposit with their financial broker. They do it. There's biweekly payments. There's people who do monthly deposits. 
there's uh, monthly um, earnings and economic data. So it creates these cycles, right? And so when the stock market has these cycles, it, it relays also into that if that money's moving in or out of the stock market, it's got to go somewhere else. So it de- directly goes right into precious metals and how they move. And if you were to if you were to actually do some cycle analysis, you realize there's a lot of these lows and highs that are you know fairly closely evenly spaced if you're to just use time cycles. So. It's interesting. I mean, I, I'm I'm still bearish on metals here short term. Mm-hmm. I think um, gold could have uh, more of a washout low. I think it could go all the way down to 1700. So another hundred dollar drop here. It'll be a washout low. I believe it'll be like a panic, a lot of uh, longs just spooking out of it and, and driving it down. Um, I think silver could also have a, another downdraft. Now I don't think it's a bad thing. Obviously, short term it's not good, but in the grand scheme of things. Um, these little corrections uh, are, are a really healthy thing. I mean, silver's price action just in the last few days is pointing to going down to $23 an ounce. And that is a perfectly normal move. It's also going to be like a quadruple bottom if you look at the daily chart pretty much. Um, so it's going to be good for price. Silver's got a really gnarly looking chart. Over the last couple of months, it's got higher highs. Um, and it's got huge volatility and reversal bars. You could argue it put in a major double top from from back in August. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really like it. It's really volatile. It's also been moving based on news, which which means this pop and this breakout to new, I think it was multi-year highs just a week and a half ago. Um, you've got to negate that. It was a news-based move. It's more of a fake out. Got up, got everyone's attention on news, and then it got sold into and crashed. So I wouldn't really say it's making new multi-year highs. I, I I would kind of just scratch that one off the chart and be like, hey, it's still consolidating sideways. It's not done yet. I'd wait for it to finish basing before it goes higher. And uh, I, I trade a little bit different than I think how how you trade, um, just because I I like to play the breakouts and wait for confirmation. Um, where I think you might look for buying the dips. It depends. Like I'm a trader, you're more holding for longer term right. gains, so it makes sense for your style to buy the dips. Whereas I'm looking for um, more immediate. It breaks out, we hit our targets, we start trimming profits, and then we'll we'll find a new opportunity after that. So we have very different styles, but. I think we come to the same conclusion that uh, you know we're bullish on them. There's just different ways to trade metals. It's a function of my old age versus your relative youth, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that trading stuff give me a heart attack if I if I try to do that stuff uh, at this point. But on the I, and I understand what you're saying about the charts. Um, are there levels though that would intrigue you? Uh, say on more of a longer term basis, on a weekly closing basis. Like for example, I'm kind of watching 27, then maybe 28. If we could get above there on a weekly basis, that might look interesting. If we could claw back, you know, maybe in gold a little bit. Is there anything like that that would make you kind of think, oh, okay, well, maybe in the short term things are getting better? Yeah, I think I think a close on silver above 29.50. I think that would be pretty significant because we had a bunch of highs back in early August. And then we had the uh, the closing price about a week and a half ago, right up at you know 29.50 area. Both of those are a pretty major double top. I like to look not at the wick highs or the wick lows when I'm trying to pick a top. I like to usually pick where two wicks actually hit or two bars opened or closed uh, previously, and that's kind of the line in the sand that it needs to hold above those. So if we can close above 19.50 on the continuous contract for silver. I think that would that could be the start of a, a pretty 20, significant. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Twenty nine fifty. Right. What did I say? Sorry. You said nineteen. I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Twenty nine fifty will be pretty significant, and that's when I think 
especially on a weekly close. I think we'll see shorts uh, start to cover on a weekly close above there. We could see a big short squeeze that Friday if, when we do our, when we're set to close above that, because that is the start of the next major leg up in silver. And when you look at the silver chart, it's uh, based on this pattern that I'm talking about. We're looking at uh, $40 is the next stop. So that's a third, that's a $10 move, 33% gain. Um, and it should be pretty imminent. If it's the real breakout, the real deal, it's going to happen only in a few weeks and it's going to provide that kind of instant gratification. So, um, that'll be a short squeeze. That's going to drive it up there, especially the last few dollars. I mean, it's going to be that, that push. So it's going to be exciting to see if we can hold above that on a weekly close, that'll be a major trigger. Yep, I'd write that one down. Chris knows what he's talking about, and it's not going to be today. Probably won't be next week. Uh, but if we're right about the, uh, again, I'll call it the fun burr mentals, um, then someday we'll get there, and that'll be a, a trigger that everybody should remember. Chris, tell everybody again a little bit about what you do at thetechnicaltraders.com. Sure, yeah, the technical traders, uh, more or less, I walk through the charts every morning before the opening bell. We cover gold, silver, miners. Um, sometimes energies, the stock indexes, bonds. We kind of cover the gauntlet of everything moving, what we should be focusing on for the day, what we expect the markets to do looking forward for this coming week, how it would affect any positions. And, um, and then if we have any trades, which I focus on ETF trading, uh, then I issue any trades that uh, we're taking with the newsletter. So pretty straightforward, very educational. You usually learn to pick up some type of tip or uh, learn to do some analysis every morning. And uh, it's a really good group of, uh, of traders. We have a lot of fun, and it's been, it's been an awesome year so far. So, yeah. You do a great job. And again, for more information from Chris, to actually see Chris and his charts, visit SproutMoney.com. And look for our newest monthly feature uh, where I host Chris on a video and he shows you all the things that are currently catching his eye. You can find that at SproutMoney.com now. You'll find the next edition next month. We hope to keep that going. Uh, also, while you're at SproutMoney.com, again, as we found out this week, really about the best and only way to finally beat the banks is to get physical metal in your own two hands. And either take delivery or store it with a company you can trust. Sprott Money is that company. Please visit our website and you'll find all kinds of great deals on the precious metals and great places to store it as well if that's a service that you might need. Again, the website, you can do that. You can also just give us a call at 888-861-0775. Chris, thank you so much for your time today, but also earlier this week. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Sounds great. All right. Take care, everyone. And from all of us at Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday.